is the Best Boys Podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Monica! Hello, Jessica! How are you? I'm so good. <laughs> we have to pick a new accent. I know. I know. I know. I've thought about Kiwi, but it might be too close to Australian, <laughs> and I also already fucked that up. I was about to say, we're already not really doing an, an Australian, Australian accent, accent, so... I apologize, everyone. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. Yes. The brand new pod, but pretty much yes. the same as the old one, just in a new format. Let's reintroduce ourselves. I'm Jessica Garcia. And I'm also Jessica <laughs> Garcia. <laughs> okay, I'm Jessica. For real, this is Jessica Garcia. And this is Monica Montoya. Si. Si. And uh, we are the best boys. We're mm, we're not the best boys. I could be. You could be. I can't be. You're the worst boy. I'm the opposite of the worst boy. I'm so that good that you cannot call me the best. The top. I'm the. I'm the top. I'm. You're the, the top. I'm the bottom. That's not how it works. <laughs> baby, I'm the. B- baby, you're the bottom. I'm the top. <laughs> Is that like not the song? It is. It, it is. is, right? You're the top. You're, top. you're, you're the, the cat's pajamas. Yeah. Oh, no. You're the top. You're the nose on all the faces. And when everybody <laughs> goes to the store. <laughs> wow. Because a baby, if you're the bottom, I'm the top. <laughs> That's how it works. That's me. <laughs> And this is my life. Monica, tell tell the pot, tell these people a little bit about yourself. These people. Yeah. These people? You're calling them these people these now? These people. The fans. The best. The three fans we have. We have more than three fans. We definitely have more than three fans. I don't mean to discredit all of your uh, <laughs> contributions. Tell them about yourself, Monica. We're pretending like this is a half new podcast. You know what? I'm not going to pretend. You guys already know what the fuck is up with me. So <laughs> I don't know what else to say okay. other than... We both live in Los Angeles. We both like to cook and we both have a lot of feelings about films that we like to share. Yeah. But more specifically, like feelings, thoughts and feelings, thoughts, thoughts and prayers, really, really, uh, that really mean nothing, but are somewhat entertaining. They could mean something someday. We hope that you find them (laughs) entertaining. All of these Roger thoughts Roger Ebert, who? I know. Oh, may he rest in rest peace. Rest in peace. Oh, what a man. What a man. Uh, basically, if you're tired of hearing the same, like, skinny white glasses wearing dude yeah. talk about, like, oh, oh, the juxtaposition. Uh, the, the other juxtaposition. Christopher Nolan. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. If you're tired of hearing that, listen to this instead. <laughs> We're different. We don't like other girls. We're also not pick me girls either. We no. will get down with Greece. Oh fuck yeah! You know, such a good you know movie. That. It's, it's the shit. Honestly. We really will. Also, ten things I hate about you, and basically any other romantic comedy from the nineties slash early two thousands. Honestly, the eighties, the Meg Ryan era. Please, yes. Okay. I, I was unpacking my DVD collection of course the other were. day because, because I just moved in with just my moved, boyfriend. So where did you move to? I moved from Los Feliz to uh, Sherman Oaks. So I am in the valley, everyone. She's back in the A1E. See, I'm from the valley and now I'm back. In. She's back to the valley. 
<laughs> but I was unpacking my DVD collection and I was just like, wow, she has range. She being me because I have, <laughs> I have my criterion collection. She does. Which shows people she's serious um, and she values physical media. But then there's the other half of it, which is an entire collection of DVDs curated solely with the mindset of what do my girlfriends and I want to watch when we get high and have sleepovers. So we have everything. We have the social network. Of course we're feeling serious. Duh. But also like we want to do cocaine without doing cocaine. Amen. And, but then we also have, we also have like, she's the man. Oh, she's the man. You know it. Oh, so good. And then for the holiday times, I've got those claymation DVDs. Duh. Bro. <laughs> have you guys heard us do the rendition of He's Mr. Snow Miser? He's Mr. Sun. <laughs> but it's supposed to be I'm. Oh. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I'm Mr. Sun. I'm I'll fucking burn you. <laughs> It's so hot. I would. Uh, I need oh, to. Yeah. Give, I need to give the heat miser a call and have a discussion. Okay, I will say it is fully a hundred degrees here it's in good old hotter. Los Angeles. It is fucking hotter, and in the valley, it's like one ten today. Oh, and wait, I am. Do you guys have AC? We have window units, <gasps> and they help, but they're not. And I'm like, re- I'm genuinely afraid that there's going to be a power outage. I'm so scared for you, Jessica. If there is. Can we sleep on your floor? No, please come here. Please come here. I'm being really serious right now. Because Morna will die. If Oh yeah, Morna cannot be in anything that's hotter than like 85 degrees. Exactly. Uh, For everyone who doesn't know, Mona is my cat. Oh yeah, Mona is not her ward. (laughs) Well, basically. Depends on how you define it. My ward. My ward. Mona. Uh, but yeah, okay. So we are film bitches. We live in Los Angeles. Monica lives in Pasadena, so that's uh, where we are right now. My entire personality is just all of basically the decade of the '90s and the decade of the early 2000s uh-huh. wrapped in a bow. That, but the bow is made out of twine, twine. and it's from the IKEA in Burbank, <laughs> and that's my entire personality. <laughs> You know how they have those like twine stations yeah. where you can get twine? Yeah, say twine again. Twine. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like when I sing all of Taylor Swift's songs, I cannot help but do the accent. I, Even though she like does not have, have an accent. Anymore? Yeah. Where she's like, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Like that's, pick a song. Like, I hear pick you. Pick a song, I will sing it in the accent. <laughs> any song uh, champagne problems <laughs> no no wrong accent i've okay so we're gonna i think we should remind them of the format the new format oh yeah you guys if you guys did not hear our catch-up episode uh 60 minutes of chaos um <laughs> please go listen to that it kind of explains a little bit like how we're how we're diving into this new where we've been this new era you bitches don't want long episodes anymore where you guys been, are not commuting going. no one's commuting anywhere everyone has decided to stay at home we live in a post-apocalyptic world not only that but we we don't have time yeah we <laughs> don't have time long episodes. so to recap jessica's in grad school i'm in grad school and i have a life and she has a life so well, to be very frank, it's really just work. My life is just work. So um, we don't have time to watch three films a week. Yeah. But we still want to bring you guys that good, good. That good, good. So here we are. Here Con- we are. This is what 
people like to call a compromise. Yes. So we have moved away from John Favreau. Um, God bless him. Oh yeah. We decided to part ways with him. Not because <laughs> it was an amicable part. It was really amicable. He was bummed. He I'm not going to really lie. He was bummed. But, uh, <laughs> he seemed a little upset. I will say his eyes got a little watery, but yeah. I couldn't tell if he it was just, allergies. Yeah. Well, he also just has that glossy eyed look. He does. You know? He probably did way too many drugs when he was young. Probably. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A cautionary tale. But anyway, perhaps. so John, was sad to see us go we were sad to leave him yeah we're still very good friends it was amicable though for sure and yes he did okay yes he did take us off of his wikipedia page yeah but it but i I think that's more like help him process yeah it's really for him like the ending of this yeah rather than because he doesn't like he has to see it as a beginning rather than an ending it's kind of like when you block your ex on instagram yeah you broke up amicably yeah because you're just like i wish them well i just don't want to see him right now space exactly and he needs space he does and he's making only things about space so we're also (laughs) that's another reason why yeah i don't like space i jessica really does not like new here fake space is good real space Mm. Give a good example, please. Uh, gravity. Gravity is real space. So uh, gravity is real space. Earth girls are easy. Fake space. Fake space. So, Star Wars fake space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, Every, you're right. Fuck, they have lightsabers. I have so many <laughs> thoughts about the new Yoda's Star Wars. <laughs> Yoda is there, but he's not always there. And right, also there's like, a new Yoda. They did a reboot of Yoda. <laughs> and they called it Grogu. <laughs> They were like, let's refresh Yoda. He needs a rebrand. He needs a reboot. <laughs> let's make, let's, and they made him like a sage green instead of like a green green. So it's like more millennial. Like, oh, like pastel. The kids are really responding better to matcha than they are um, to like garbage. hard. <laughs> so, yeah. But all this to say. It was an amicable split. Yes. We explained it a lot more in the last uh, baby episode, so please go listen there. But basically the rundown is we're going to be doing one daddy a month, Yes, but we're going to be doing uh, one episode a week that focuses on one film. So the episodes will be shorter, but you're still going to get the same amount of whatever it is that you're, for your buck. yeah whatever it is that you're looking for here you're, you'll still get it yeah and you'll also get more of it because there'll be one extra movie it'll be four episodes a month usually it's usually some, and it, yeah on some of the you know, some of the months that have five weeks we'll either choose to do a fifth movie yeah or do bonus do a bonus episode like we we thought maybe we could do like tv or something yeah we could talk about like the, our favorite shores yeah i don't know I don't know. Basically, you're on this journey with us. If you hate it, let us know. Yeah. If you like it, also let us know. Pretty much just talk to us. Just say anything. Yeah. I expect um, all of our new Instagram followers to be deeply engaged. So, deeply. Deeply yeah. engaged. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just let us know. And as always, if you guys have a movie to nominate, please go ahead and DM us. Yes. Our new Instagram handle is... Best Boys Pod. That is an at. At best boys pod no spaces all lowercase all lowercase all cast no breaks and for me if you want me to read it uh email it to our new email yeah hello at bestboyspod.com that's hello at does in the at symbol 
And then what I said before. Bestboyspod.com. Yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, especially if you're an executive at Athletic Greens. Oh, we really, email us. we want you guys so bad. We're so oh, we thirsty. We really want those greens, We're though. thirsty for the greens. I get them now, but can you charge a lot of money for them? It's a lot of fucking money for some goddamn supplements. But my tummy feels so much better. I just want my shit to be fine like literally and figuratively why can't everything just be okay and we'll be right back hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now back to the show. Uh, okay, Monica, we should announce who we're doing this month. The month of September. Sorry, I just got a notification from Stanley Cups. It's nothing good, though. Never mind. Fuck. I had like, si- so sorry, very quick tangent i signed up to get like uh notifications on like when they're going to be doing the stanley cup resock for those right. of you who don't know there's this phenomenon out there in in culture exactly. uh, about this uh famous water bottle it's got a handle it fits in cup holders it's a very big deal if you don't think so i don't know how to explain it to you but it is the <laughs> if you don't think so get away <laughs> if you don't think so go away uh it is essentially it's called the stanley uh cooper quencher <laughs> called the stanley quencher 40 ounce and i've been looking for one for jessica and i jessica in this like weird salmon color and myself in this weird tan color we both like weird i mean i'll take whatever the fuck color they have but they're out of stock everywhere they're selling them for like a hundred dollars on like posh yeah it's, it's ridiculous absurd. it's ridiculous the resale market is crazy right now <laughs> so anyway back to okay monica who is our best boy for the month of September. Do you remember the 21st night of September when Nicole Kidman came to the party? Yes, Nicole! Nicole somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this. She is our number one. She's our baby. She's our matcha cha-cha. She's everything. This is Nicole Kidman. Yes, we're bringing her back. Yes, we've done an episode on her before, but we also did a two-parter on Adam Sandler and no one stopped us. So Exactly. I, we are going to be revisiting people from the past. Yeah, blast from the past, if you will, which, by the way, kudos to Brendan. Oh, Brendan got a six-minute standing O at the Venice Film Festival for, for the, the whale. whale. I don't know my feelings yet on Brendan Fraser wearing a very large fat suit in a movie called The Whale by Darren Aronofsky, who I already hate. You guys already but, know. <laughs> but I'm really excited for his comeback. Yes. I've heard it's amazing. And he looks so splendid. He's yeah. just so happy. He's just so happy. He's such a good guy. I can't wait <sighs> to see this movie because number one, I have so many issues with Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, yeah. And facts. his film, Mother. <laughs> I I could talk about it forever, but really you should just watch the fucking episode or yeah, not or watch it, listen to it. You can also listen to our episode on uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh I think yeah. We talk a lot about Darren Aronofsky. We talk a lot about Darren Aronofsky. 
I don't know why, but we do. Uh, and obviously listen to our Brendan Fraser episode. Yeah, it's, it's so, good. it's one of my favorites. It's early days. Early days. It's like very nostalgia. Go, yeah, go, 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 go. Run along. We'll Run wait. Along. And then come back to this point. <laughs> so for Nicole Kidman, we are going to be talking about four movies, one movie a week, as you guys already know. Once the movie this week. This week, the movie is To Die For. A little bit on its leading lady. Yes. Nicole Mary Kidman. Please tell us about Nicole. <clears throat> Nicole Mary Kidman, AC, which is like, you know, a knighthood yeah. from Australia, yeah. but for, for ladies, I guess. Yeah. Lady Knights. Lady Knights. Lady Knight Nicole Kidman. Is an Australian American actress, producer, and singer. Obviously, yes. did you not hear her cover of Dream a Little Dream <laughs> of me? <laughs> I did unfortunately it's not my favorite but dream a little dream she's very breathy she's very breathy diamonds are a girl's best friend stop hurting me <laughs> she's received numerous accolades throughout her career including two primetime emmy awards five golden globe awards and an academy award from four nominations she was famously married to famous actor and scientologist Tom Cruise, wow. Thomas Cruise, Thomas Cruise, the one who like does all his own stunts. My Tommy yells at people about masks. We gotta love him, even Rosie though O'Donnell does. His religion is questionable. It's quack. It's quack. Will we do an episode on him? Yes, because he's very talented. No, literally, you guys, <laughs> so please go watch. There's a documentary on HBO about Scientology. It's okay. Go watch it. <laughs> It's okay. It's fine. I got a, it's, it's a little slow for my taste, but okay, whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and she is now famously married to famous New Zealand Australian stadium country singer, Keith Urban. Keith Urban. Which if you don't know what a stadium country singer is, look up stadium country singer They on are YouTube. deeply in love. Yeah, they're so in love. They're Ugh. so fucking in love. Ugh. It's redonkulous. I know. And he strains his hair and I'm worried about its health. I am concerned about the state of his soccer mom haircut. <laughs> I am concerned about his highlights. I'm concerned about his tan. He also has that like soul pitch on his on his chin. Oh no, he really does. And I'm it's convinced. not very good either. I'm convinced he's lasered the rest of his but face. But I'm also convinced that Nicole is just like, it drives her crazy. So I know. he doesn't change it. I bet you it tickles her. I don't know. <laughs> in a 2007 Vanity Fair interview, Kidman revealed that she had been secretly engaged to someone, later revealed to have been Lenny fucking Kravitz, prior to her <laughs> present relationship with Keith Urban, whom she met at Good Die LA, an event honoring Australians. Because Australia. <laughs> Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Is that a thing that people say? I don't know. Okay. Okay, but can you believe she was engaged to Lenny Kravitz only two years later being Big Little Lies with none other than, wait for it, Zoe Kravitz. It must have been strange to like work with your once Ex-fiance's child. Your ex-almost stepdaughter. Who would have been, yeah, who would have been your dirty. But they're supposed to be like, near an age in this yeah well the, and i think nicole well she, she's supposed to be like the youngest of the moms no Other than no shailene woodley, woodley is the youngest well of yeah the moms. But she's supposed to be like young she's supposed to be in her like well she's supposed to be like sure. re, like reese witherspoons around like her age i think she's supposed to be younger like 32 or know. something she's Catwoman now what what, what does she oh, care about her stint in big little eyes very true truly she cares only about robert pattinson and the money she gets from the dc isn't she dating channing tatum now of course she is because he's girl. excellent <laughs> 
Because he looks good in a t-shirt. That's oh, why. They would have very beautiful children. They because would. Because they would have very, very sultry eyes. Very eccentric children with very sultry eyes and very chiseled, chiseled cheekbones. Chiseled cheekbones and those squinty sultry Very eyes. hollow cheekbones, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, anyway, okay. I've come to the conclusion that in some form or another, everyone in Hollywood is one person away from a Kravitz. It's true. Um, yeah. It's probably. true. I could trace literally anyone in Hollywood back to a Kravitz. We're in Hollywood and we are not connected to a Kravitz. Well, you know what? What are you going to do? I'll figure it out later. Myth busted. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking murder me. <laughs> Apart from her love life, though, which is a small drop in her Aussie bucket. She is also a philanthropist and a Unifem ambassador. She is here for Australian gay rights and she is a real life daddy to four chitlins. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Nicole Kidman. Kidman! It's crazy. She scared her children because she was so fucking sad about Stanley Kubrick's death. I know. She wailed. They, they're attached, you know? They, they were. attached. She's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> when you work on a movie for 20 years, you know? <laughs> When you work on one can only get attached or how long was that production like six years long it was too long it was too long they that's all i have to say england for three i think yeah like yeah. literally lived there Insane. who who moves somewhere for a fucking move you move there temporarily you don't move there for three three years in my eyes is not temporary no i think that it was supposed to be temporary mm. supposed to be like a year tops stanley stanley <laughs> wasting film <laughs> wasting reels and reels of film we're gonna we're gonna have like death sentences for us coming from all these fucking you guys i love stanley kubrick i also love stanley kubrick so there's no shade here i'm just saying he takes a long time to finish he he do be crazy he do be crazy okay i'm gonna now tell you about the film we were talking about today which was new to all of us um but we had talked about doing it the last time we did nicole kidman and i'm very glad we watched it because this movie is the shit. This movie is the shit. Okay, so this movie, To Die For, came out in 1995, directed by Gus Van Sant, screenplay by Buck Henry, based on the novel of the same name by Joyce Maynard, and the, the story of that novel was inspired by the true story of Pamela Smart. Who was uh, a, a news correspondent slash weather whatever. Yeah, who had her husband moited. Yeah, but not by her own hand. No. She had him moited, like yes. a good lady. Correct. Okay. Suzanne Stone, played by Nicole Kidman, is a weather reporter at her small town cable station, but she dreams of being a big time news anchor. However, she feels that her middle class husband, played by Matt Dillon, is holding her back, so she decides to have him murdered. For this, she enlists Jimmy, played by Joaquin Phoenix, a high school boy who is enamored with her. The plan doesn't work exactly as she intended, though, and her husband's family starts to suspect that she was involved in his death. Girl boss gatekeep. I mean, she just kind of girl bossed a little too close to the sun. <laughs> she really did. <laughs> she really fucking did. And to be very honest with you, yeah. I understand. I like kind of get it. I get it. I kind of get it. I get it when some like loser guy is like standing in your way, but also mm, check to see what your loser like husband's associations are with a fucking mafia. Yeah. Like here's the thing. Here is the thing, Suzanne. Like, it's funny because this movie only works because it's talking about like how scary in quotes a woman's ambition can be <laughs> and it turns it into like a horror film and absolutely she should not have had anybody murdered no but it's all very much just like 
everyone wanted to keep a bitch down. So she, everyone, <laughs> she was like, no, this is going to happen. Also, to be fair, she's so beautiful in this movie. She is. You're just like, <laughs> you're just like, oh my God. Yes, bitch. You're just like, girl, get here get is that the coin. Here is the thing. <laughs> a, there are a lot of misconceptions about this movie, I feel like, because I think, personally speaking, in today's world, watching it with our current lenses that yeah. belong on our eyeballs, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. I really do think that she was utilizing her assets to her advantage. Yeah. Like, I think she recognized the world that she lived in, aka, like, very misogynistic, early 90s, late 80s, you know, anti women anti-women success they they made a quip in the film about how she was the very first women woman hired at this uh station right i think she understood that while she was living in this world outwardly she was in a position of of great uh privilege right and of great uh fortune because she was able to use her good looks and uh at the time like her small demeanor her very like princess vibes her very like i feel like i have taste in order to snag this man to be financially stable enough Mm -hmm. to pursue a career Mm -hmm. where she would be financially unstable for the first x amount of time right as she to quote her worked her way up the ladder right so i i truly see this is a feminist icon film. The, okay, so the thing about the synopsis of this is it makes it sound a little bit like she like hatched this whole plan ahead of time. But I think it's important to note that in the movie, she's just like doing her thing and she wants, she really, really wants to be like a reporter, etc. So she keeps pitching ideas at her boss at the station. She's like, please just like pick one of them. She's going above and beyond. Yeah, yeah exactly. And she asks if she can make like, do like a segment on the local teens and so she starts she goes to the local high school to do this and while she's there and like asking them for their support and like trying to find people to be in the the fucking it's like a documentary documentary, essentially it's like it's one of those tv documentaries yeah she meets joaquin phoenix and he's giving her all this attention and so she's like "Ooh, ooh, attention um and then they start banging and then i think it gets like she realizes how unhappy she is in her marriage and because Joaquin is so obsessed with her and she's so obsessed with like the passion and the excitement she's just like well how much would you do for me would you kill my husband for me and because he's insane he's like yeah and so then she's like fuck yeah let's do it well here's (laughs) the thing I feel like Number one, she's a master manipulator. Absolutely. She just really is. She yeah. does it really, really effortlessly. And a lot of the time, I'm like waiting for the other sh- shoe to drop with Nicole Kidman. It never does. This woman maintains a level of like audacity. Yeah. She's very, very audacious in this yeah. fucking film. Her acting, the choices that she makes in order to like really get into this fucking character. Yeah. Her eyes are crazy in this fucking movie. She's so expressive and the way she talks is like very stylized and it's I don't giving. Know, her it's interaction giving. with the camera, it's oh. really just like She's like fucking the camera. Yeah, she's like fucking the camera with her words and her, and eyes. her eyes and her nose. Like just her fucking face is just fucking her face. The it's it's pretty insane. Like I didn't expect this when I found out this was a Gus Van Sant movie. I didn't expect it to be as like 
stylized and quirky as it mm. is like the score is by Danny Elfman like it is very <laughs> it really is giving almost like Edward Scissorhands it's, vibes it's it's a black comedy first yeah, of all first and for foremost sure. it is a black comedy if you take this movie seriously at all you're missing the fucking point it it gets to these absurd stakes mm-hmm. but it's obviously not about these absurd stakes it's really yeah. just about this woman's ambition and the fact that oh, my husband's standing in the way, I'll just get rid of him, right? Like, I really just, I really feel for Nicole Kidman's character in a lot of ways because I think Suzanne is trapped in this, like, world that just doesn't want her to succeed. Mm -hmm. Again, to quote you, that's trying to keep a bitch down. (laughs) And I really do believe that she is coming at it from a place of pure and unadulterated ambition. Yeah. And I think anyone who tries to read further into that is truly just kidding themselves. Yeah. I think that she's obsessed with the fame, with the clout. She wants it. She wants it fucking bad. She wants it more than she wants literally anything Mm -hmm. to the point where she will go to any lengths to get it. Yeah. And she's very unapologetic about that from the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning. She's like, I don't want kids. I just want to focus on my career right now. It's like one day I will be in a news anchor. One day I will move to California. One day I'm going to do this. She's very open and honest about that with her husband. She doesn't try to like trap him in this like lie she's really not no, like he just doesn't deliver on what was promised no. to her and like they had this very passionate loving relationship initially and then they got married and he's just kind of like well now you have to become like the subservient wife that is that's the thing in my italian family and she's like my italian mafia family no. <laughs> <laughs> well the turning point of the movie is she's having this conversation that you're right. talking about with him and all of a sudden she just gets tunnel vision she's like this motherfucker is going back on his motherfucking promise. Yeah. What is there left to do? Yeah. And she just says, I'll think about it. Yeah. He's like, you want to have kids? She's like, I'll think about it. Mm -hmm. We'll see. And then thinking about it means sending Joaquin Phoenix and Casey Affleck into your home, into this home to murder him. Those punk ass motherfuckers. (laughs) Those punk ass bitches. No, literally. (laughs) It's crazy because Joaquin Phoenix and Casey Affleck specifically together, yeah. the amount of dick jokes that Casey Affleck makes. It's so funny. It's just ridiculous. It's really, really funny. And I love that character. I forget her name, but the girl. Uh, Lydia. Yes, Lydia, who's like obsessed with Nicole Kidman. Like, I mean, we all are. Well, yeah, but like really obsessed and just like she wants to like be like her. And even after the murder is done, she's still just like, you know, I just really admire her. It's so fucking funny. Like the murder is done. Like she has fucked these kids over yeah. so hard to the point where these kids, like their lives have changed yeah. drastically. Uh, and Lydia, she's still out here, like taking op- like Oprah interviews mm-hmm. and like being like, you're nobody unless you're on TV. I'm it's insane. Shook. I mean, the, the thing is, is that this movie is based on a book and the book is like very, the book and the author are very obvious about like this story is satire about like how obsessed people were with fame and television specifically in the 90s like the concept of tv not just not just as like like being on shows but like having your face on a screen that people can watch um it was pretty insane and like pretty new nothing like that had ever existed before that that kind of fame and fame that can come from realities like the idea of reality tv was really new as well and this movie is just all about it's all about like 
how fucking insane the American pursuit of fame is. And it's true because she does literally in the movie, she literally gets like tunnel vision, but I can only imagine what people in real life feel. <laughs> no, literally it's crazy because the, the, I almost feel like the television plays a character in yeah. this movie and a scene that comes to mind that like really exemplifies this is when they are, uh, they have, the family has just found out that, uh, their son has been killed, that Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman's husband has been killed. And, uh, by obviously Joaquin Phoenix, yes. by a very young, stupid Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. And, um, what are they doing? They are sitting in the living room watching TV and all that's on is this stupid mattress commercial, but their eyes are glued to it. It is Mm -hmm. the only thing that they are responding to in that moment. And the thought of them sitting down and going, let's turn on the TV as if that is like something that is a part of their DNA. Yeah. Like almost as if it's like just something that they do like light like lighting a cigarette right right right. it's really weird it's really weird to watch that in that moment when the police is like in their home Mm -hmm. dusting the tv for fingerprints dusting the fucking banisters for fingerprints wiping the blood off the ground like grabbing the little pieces of dirt from the assailants it's like it's very weird it's very very weird and kind of like makes the like little hairs on the back of your neck stand up a little bit because you're sitting there like fuck is that me yeah yeah and in that same scene nicole kidman is sitting there crying with the family and holding her dog walter named after walter cronkite dead (laughs) because she loves the news and um they get they tell her that um the there are reporters outside who like want to ask her questions but they're like but you don't have to go and she just like lights up and she walks towards the door holding her dog and she's like in a trance and she's looks sad still and then she like for a minute stops and realizes she's about to be on tv and so she like fixes her face and her hair and then goes back into being sad and walks out to like make this debut and it's like chilling (sighs) because she it's it's shocking because you don't know who like she actually is as a person or this is actually who she is like this very pristine and calculated person i respect it is is all that she is and it's weird because she uses like different parts of herself so effectively in the movie like she's very clearly like a sex kitten like the definition of it for a really big portion of the movie but does it in such a calculated and intelligent way it's really crazy, but after watching this movie, you realize like how many other movies has have been inspired by this portrayal. Yes. That when we were reading about it, I was like, oh my God, yes, absolutely. Yes, a really good one is that Rosamund Pike actually uh, based her performance in Gone Girl on uh, Nicole Kidman's performance here yeah. in uh, To Die For. And knowing that, I'm just like, holy shit, it's true. It's true. It's very, very <laughs> true. She she was a maverick. She like pioneered this like cool, calculative woman who, yes, it has a lot of privilege on the outside and on the inside, like uses that privilege to get even more success, money, mm-hmm. wealth, like does not shy away from any of that, right? Yeah. There is not an insecure bone in this woman's body. She's low-key kind of a narcissist, but- I'm not. I think she, I think absolutely she is a narcissist because at the end of the day, she doesn't actually care about anybody. But kind of what I love about this movie is that it can like, it is this black comedy. It can like do things like murder, et cetera. But we don't have to get to like, what the like big bad thing is deep inside Nicole that makes her do all of this. 
it's like she just functions she functions as a pawn which is not what she wanted but ultimately in this telling of the story like she really is just another pawn in this story the main one but still yeah like she's nobody in this movie is dimensional nobody not a single person and that's what makes it really good though i know and back to her kind of like being the sex kitten and using sex as a way to get what she wants there's this really hilarious scene where she's giving joaquin phoenix's character a james a Mm blowjob and the camera is like fixating on him but then immediately turns to her when she's like oh but did you get it done like when are you getting it done when are you gonna kill my husband (laughs) And she's using like her power in that moment to coerce this yeah. young man <laughs> into killing her fucking husband. Yeah. Well, well, it's funny that you say that because as I was watching this, I was like so many movies where women use their own sexuality as a tool to get ahead. So many of those portrayals I feel like are frowned upon. Oh, absolutely. But then I watched this and I'm like, you can be a woman who uses your own sex appeal to get ahead and also be having fun doing it. And like, it doesn't, I don't think it needs to be a problem. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. (laughs) Not, not a single scene. Cause you know, we're talking about this movie, this like the proverbial movie that showcases women doing sexual things in order to get ahead. And they don't like it. Like they're, we have the scene where she like grimaces or like we had the scene where she's like staring up at the ceiling or what is the classic, classic fucking scenes where they're like, Ugh, gotta do, hmm, gotta put on a face for this guy. She really doesn't do that with James (laughs) in this movie. She knows he's hot. Yeah, Nicole Kidman is having a fucking great time. She's having a blast. (laughs) Even though she's using him, she's still like, yeah, but I'm also like getting laid, which is pretty tight. Yeah, there are multiple (laughs) scenes of of, uh, her character and Joaquin's character, James, engaging in intercourse passionately. And having a great time. And having a grand old time doing it. And you're thinking to yourself, Huh, so she can get ahead and have fun at the same time. Yeah. Wild. She's an icon. She's an icon. <laughs> she really is a fucking icon. Mm, justice for justice for Nicole Kidman and to die for. Uh, truly, I, I think that this movie, it's not the same movie, but I think her performance in this is like kind of what I wanted overall from The Stepford Wives and <gasps> never yes. got because it's not as good of a movie. No, but The Stepford Wives is more camp than this oh, movie Oh, for is. sure, for sure. I just mean like the insane performance is kind of what I wanted giving to come from a lot of different areas of Stepford Wives that didn't really and that's why that movie doesn't hit for me quite exactly but this movie is the shit Nicole contains multitudes highly recommend watching this movie it's on like anytime you google Nicole Kidman's best movies it's always on it's there. always one but of the top like three. I had never seen it neither have I so I'm really I'm really we watched I'm those. truly pleased that we watched it. Also, it kind of really cemented for me what a great actor Nicole Kidman is. It's really this movie in the hours that really give it like yeah. do it for me. It's really difficult because Nicole Kidman in the media is portrayed as this like hot bombshell. And it's really alarming to me because she she plays into that, right? Mm-hmm. In her older age, and people hate it. And yeah. it's so frustrating to me where it's like you've spent decades of her life building her up to be this you know sex god and here you are tearing her down for wearing lingerie in a photo shoot yeah or like for wearing younger looking outfit whatever that means like younger looking outfits in a photo shoot it's like 
I really don't understand that backlash and I never will. I don't understand it either. There was like a whole article about how like she that photo shoot that she did recently where she's like wearing very little it's a very like 2000s photo shoot. yeah she's wearing an orange wig and she and she did it earlier with like the the um the new Mew, Mew, Mew skirt yeah yes 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 but th- all of these photo shoots it's just really interesting because there's so much discussion about like acting her age act she should act her age because other people don't have the privilege to look younger the way that she does because she is famous and has money like we can't afford the treatments or like the trainer or the nutrition etc that allows her to look younger than she is and I'm just like just you have like you have sexualized her from the beginning from the beginning and now she's choosing to sexualize herself and you're giving her shit and you're giving for her it? shit for it no. and also Nicole Kidman isn't the problem when it comes to accessibility to youth you have to take down a lot. It's like a lot bigger of industry. I'm than just so sorry. Nicole fucking Kidman. When did we look away from the Kardashians and started to just look at Nicole Kidman? When did that happen? Exactly. When did that fucking happen? <laughs> like when, when did it become okay for the media and frankly, watchers of the media, consumers of the media to over sexualize, not just sexualize, but over sexualize Nicole Kidman to the point where people disregard her as a good actress because they just look at her and go, she's hot, Yeah, right? When did it become okay for us to stop doing that and immediately start hating her for the very thing that we built her up on? Literally, I think think there is this very difficult period. I mean, being a woman period has like, it's shit that comes with it. But being a woman in Hollywood who had such, she was such an icon, like a beauty icon and a sex icon for so, so long. And then you hit this weird age, I would say between like, as soon as you turn 50 and probably until you're 70, where if you do anything that like makes yourself look younger or sexualized, et cetera, people will kill you for it. I think if you're over 70, they're like, oh my God, you're so brave. Like, yes, like, bitch. Look at you. Yes, you're still sexy at 80. You know, like if Jane Fonda fucking wore that outfit, people would go nuts. They would cry. But because it's Nicole Kidman, who's in her 50s. <gasps> no. Do you remember Martha Stewart's thirst trap? People oh went God, nuts yes. over People it. were just like, that's amazing. The perfect example, right? Like the perfect example. They go nuts over Martha Stewart's thirst trap but they hate on Nicole Kidman for showing skin in a fucking photo shoot. Yeah, I think it's because they're like, she's at an age where she really needs to be like- And it's hard because you look at, you know, you look at Jennifer Lopez, who is in her 50s now, Mm -hmm. and she was celebrated and praised for her performance in Hustlers, where she was like fully a 50-year-old woman in scantily clad clothing. Yeah, being a stripper. Being a stripper. And I mean, her whole persona exudes sex appeal. And it's just really fucking hard for me to like watch all of this happen and be like, why is anyone like faulting anyone for having access to all of these skincare materials that will allow them to look younger? If they want to look younger, let them look younger. Like period. Yeah. Period. Is that not what the rest of us are trying to do? I just, I really don't understand it. It was one of those things where I was like, does the internet just not have anything to talk about this week? Because I really feel like Nicole Kidman posing in a two-piece is not- It's it's not hurting you. It's not hurting you. It's like, do we see the bigger issue here? Of course. We see the issue of like 
people not having enough like accurate representation of women aging in the media yeah we don't have that period but we can also get that elsewhere like that is not something that we need specifically nicole kidman to be a champion of yeah we can't decide for them what they're gonna champion no exactly and if we want like if we want to see that and we want more of that it is completely up to us to like ask for it but personally i don't know that nicole kidman is the person we need to ask of it no (laughs) absolutely not anyway we love you nicole we love you nicole Um, everyone should go watch to die for immediately it's literally to die for no literally it's so fucking good it's gonna be a wonderful addition to your like friday night tv movie session which by the way if you're not consistently watching films i encourage you to do so i i do too i know it's really hard to get away from the whole tv of it all especially with how much is out there right now but i promise you throwing in a movie in the mix every once in a while It'll help a lot. It's the shit. It's the shit. And if you want to be extra like this bitch across the table from me, get the Criterion Collection bullshit. (laughs) Start collecting. I love the Criterion. Or you can be me and only own two DVDs, (laughs) which are both Barbie DVDs from my youth. From your youth. Uh, Yeah. Oh my God. Well, that was our first episode of Nicole. Yeah. Keep tuning in every Thursday through September for... More things about Nicole Kidman. All things Nicole, all the time, all of September long. And then obviously we will let you know who we pick for October or as I like to call it, Rocktober, because it's a rockin' good time. Is it Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Mm, It's really not. Okay. We're just gonna, we're gonna figure it out later. Yeah. We'll let it come naturally. Hit him with it, Jessica. (sighs) This has been the Best Boys Podcast. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, Monica. Goodbye, Jessica. See you next week. (laughs) 